0: Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll invite you to turn in your Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching on the parable of the sower. And as we'll see, this is one of the most important parables that he taught us concerning the kingdom of God and how those how to receive from the kingdom of God. Beginning in verse 1, it says, and he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship And sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And the other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. Uh, the parable and he said unto them unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of god but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them now folks let's stop here for just a moment and, and look at verse 11 again he said unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of god There are secrets to the kingdom of God. And it's interesting to me that he says to those people that asked him, the disciples that were close to him, he said unto you it's given to know this mystery. Now we don't know how many people were uh, along the side of the the seashore there where Jesus was teaching. The Bible doesn't tell us, but it does identify that there was a, a large number, whatever a multitude would be. And I'm sure that a lot of people that sat there and listened to what he said during that service came away thinking, man, that was one of the best teachings I've ever heard. But they're not the ones that received the mystery. They're not the ones that learned the mystery. It was only the ones that went further than just the public teaching or the public side of the the service of the ministry. He said, unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, these things are spoken in parables So that seeing they may, not seeing, well, how did he say it? Seeing they may see and hearing they may not hear. That seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. God's waiting for us to dig. I don't think there's any better way to say it than that. It's not just the hearers of the word that are blessed. But the doers of the word. And one of the aspects, one of the elements of doing the word is to dig to find out the meaning and the truth behind the things that the word of God says. I'm reminded in Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 20 it says, "My son, attend to thy words, to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart; for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh." There's a discovery process to the things of God. And the only ones that discover and find the Word of God to be life unto them and health to their flesh are the ones that dig deeper and go further. The ones that meditate in the Word of God to gain understanding and to plant the Word of God into their hearts so that it can become alive to them. We ought to be so full with the Word of God, we'd be like a sponge that soaked up all the water that it can possibly hold so that any pressure that comes from any side, any angle... Anything that touches us, the only thing that comes out of us is the word. So Jesus says, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But the parables are to keep people from seeing that are just casually glancing in the direction of God. Verse 13, he said, and he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how will you know all parables? How then will you know all parables? He's saying this is the foundation. This one is the key. Well if it's the key to everything else then I don't think we could overemphasize its importance could we? He said this one is the key this is the key to understanding all the other parables and he gives the explanation verse 14 the sower sows the word and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown but when they've heard Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts in other words they're really not that interested it's okay to hear it but they're not going to go any further than that So it's almost as if the word just bounces off without penetrating any part of their heart or their inner being. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. The root word for this word root is is the word moisture. In other words it's saying they don't continue to think on it. They don't continue to speak it. They don't continue to meditate on it. And so even though they're glad to hear it to begin with, it's not planted or watered or kept in their hearts so that it produces any fruit. So they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. This is a group that lets go and turns loose of the things of God. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on, stone, on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some a hundred. When Jesus tells this, gives the explanation to this parable he's identifying to those that would hear let him that has ears let him hear he's identifying to these disciples that have inquired and asked for greater understanding asked for an explanation about what these things mean Jesus very simply says it's the degree to which you give attention to the word that determines the results that you're going to get now folks the same seed which is the word of God is sown in all four parts of the, of the earth uh, these four different types of ground so the problem isn't with the seed the problem is with the care of the seed or the attention that the seed is given there was a guy that uh, started coming to our church there was other members of his family that had been in our church for a little bit before he came around before he visited But this has been, oh, probably somewhere around 25 years ago. He came to our church, and he had been diagnosed with bipolar or been diagnosed as bipolar. And I don't think that the diagnosis had uh, been given for a long time before that because, if I remember correctly, they did a lot of experimenting and trying to tweak his medication and all that kind of stuff. And it was a real difficult time for him until they got the medication right. And so he started coming to our church. We'd see him every couple of weeks or so. And then all of a sudden he started coming a little bit more regular. You know, when people come sometimes and don't come other times, you don't know whether they're part of the church or not, at least we never did. And so there comes a point in time where the only way you really know is if they keep coming to your church or start coming more regularly. Well, this guy started coming a little bit more regularly. And like I said, he was really struggling with this, uh, well, primarily the medication, the difficulty they were having getting his medication right for this bipolar diagnosis. And so after he'd been with us for a couple of months, maybe, maybe six months or thereabouts, he came up to me after a certain Sunday morning service, and he said, Pastor Mike, I want to believe God for my healing. I said, okay. He said, this is how it's going to be. He said, you and I are going to agree that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. By that time, he had heard a little bit about healing. He had listened to enough teaching to know that the Bible talks about Jesus paying the price for sin and sickness. So he said, let's agree that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and that I won't have to put up with this bipolar stuff anymore. Well, I, I readily agreed. I said, I'm perfectly willing to do that. But let's talk about what happens after we finish praying. And so I asked him, what are you going to do tomorrow? How are you going to handle this thing when I'm not around and our prayer is over? And he really wasn't prepared at all. His, His intention or his idea was that he and I would pray and then God would wash over him in some kind of wave of power. Take this bipolar condition away from him. And so by tomorrow morning, he'd be experiencing the, the joyful results of being free. Well, folks, sometimes it works that way. The problem is you never know ahead of time if it will or not. And so there's a real fine line. You don't want to discourage anybody from getting instant results. But since most results don't come instantly, you have to bring it up at least to uh, enough degree to where people try to get pre- or to have a chance to be prepared for it. Well, there wasn't really much we could do because he didn't want to hear it any other way than what the way he had figured out and what he had said. So more than anything else, just trying to encourage him, trying to stay with him, trying to help him, I agreed with him. Knowing full well nothing was going to happen. Knowing full well he didn't have enough of the word of God rooted in his heart to get the kind of results he was looking for. It was just, there's nothing wrong with what he was trying to do. It was just beyond the the level of his faith. He was just trying to believe for something that he wasn't really prepared for and hadn't done the groundwork where the Word of God is concerned to get those kind of results. So we prayed, prayed the prayer of agreement. I tried to pray in such a way that he would be prepared for tomorrow morning, that type of thing. And you know the end of the story. He didn't get anything. Well, as a result, he got mad at God. He, when the affliction of persecution arose for the word's sake, and it just really threw him for a loop, and he, he came away saying, well, there's nothing to that stuff. Healing's not for everybody. We know God can heal, but healing must not be for everybody like they're preaching. And so we didn't see him for several months. But after a few months had gone by, he came back to the church and he began to be a lot more regular than he had before didn't say anything to me he wasn't he'd already had his say about what he believed to be true or not true because he didn't get the results that he wanted that type of thing and so i'd just see him in church he came every week he was here at least for sunday morning and he came to me probably 3 years later He's attending church all that time. But he came to me about three years later and he said, Pastor Mike, he said, I need to to apologize to you. And he referred back to the time before when he wanted me to agree with him in prayer. He said, I didn't get any results. He said, of course, you know that. He said, I blamed God for it. And he said, I blamed you for it. But he said, about three years ago, he said, I decided That I was just going to take the word at face value. And I was going to begin to say what the Bible says about me. And so for up to that point, three years, he had started every morning confessing that Jesus took his infirmities and bore his sicknesses and with his stripes he was healed. He said something else that I heard you say concerning somebody else's situation And Brother Hagin used to talk about this a great degree, so I'm sure that's what he heard was me relating some of the things that Brother Hagin had said about it. But Brother Hagin used to talk about mixing faith with the medication. See, a lot of times people want to just throw out their medication, and they think that the the removal of the medication is an act of faith. Well, post-medicine doesn't have anything to do with healing one way or the other. Medicine always deals with symptoms. And symptoms don't have anything to do with healing. You can have symptoms and believe in your heart that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus and the word of God that you, that you confess will change the symptoms so that no, medication is, is further, no further medication is needed. Doesn't always work that way, but sometimes it does. And so he said, those two things I began to do after I got over my little pity party about myself, finished getting mad at God and getting mad at you He said, I began to speak and confess the word about my body being healed. He said, I began to mix faith with the medication to believe for supernatural results from the medication. And he said, for the first two, maybe two plus years, he said, nothing happened. And I had just about gotten to the place where the devil was bombarding him every day, just as he does with the rest of us saying that there's no point in doing what you're doing. It's not working. It's not doing any good. He said there were several places along the way where I just thought about just giving it up. He said because really I wasn't too confident in my level of faith concerning what I was saying to begin with. He said after a while, and it works this way with all of us, I'm sure. He said after a while I began to say it, and then I'd ask myself after I'd say it, just the thoughts came to my mind, do you really believe that or are you just saying it? He said, well, sometimes I didn't have an answer for it because I didn't feel anything. He was looking for feelings to identify his measure of faith. But finally, he just said, well, the Bible says that's what Abraham did, so that's just what I'm going to do. So he wound up answering the devil very simply by saying, whether it's working or not, it's what the Bible says to do, so I'm going to do it. Whether you know it, folks, know it or not, that's faith. And he said, now here it's been about three years, and he said, I've started seeing some results in my body that the doctor is very, very interested in. He said, I've begun to see some changes. And he said, the doctors are having to readjust my medication because now the medication is is stronger than the the need for it. So they're having to back down and, and tweak it downward to keep him even. And he said, the doctor said to me just the other day when I went in for a checkup, He said, the doctor told me at this rate, you're not going to need your medication at all pretty soon. Well, that's just exactly the way that it went. Over a period of time, over the next several months, he improved more and more and more until it got to the point where the doctor said the bipolar condition is no longer there. And he asked him some questions about it. He said, well, I've never heard of anybody being healed of bipolar disorder. And the doctor said, well, we haven't either. So the only thing that we can think is maybe we misdiagnosed what it was to begin with. And folks, that's the doctor's out. That's always the doctor's out. Well, we must have misdiagnosed because certainly there couldn't be any miracle work of God taking place. And like I said, that would have been, well, easily 20 years ago. Maybe up to 22 years ago from the time that it first began. Along this same line, there were two people many years ago. It happened in the same year in different parts of the country. Two people that were diabetic took insulin every day, part of their regimen. One guy, he's a pastor of a church, I think in Kentucky. And he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, I'm tired of taking this medication. I'm tired of taking this insulin. Your word says Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and with his stripes we are healed so i'm just going to throw out this medicine i'm just going to quit taking this and believe you and his wife in talking to him about this before he told her what he was planning to do and she questioned him about it and he said honey i'm just going to trust god or die well guess which one of those took place He went into insulin shock, anaphylactic shock, whatever they call it, and died. In another part of the country, there was a little girl, young lady. She was in her 20s, a recent graduate from Rhema, and she was taking her medicine every day, confessing the word of God over her body, believing God for supernatural results. And the doctors found that her kidneys began to, her pancreas what, what secretes insulin what creates insulin is that pancreas where her pancreas had been dead and not producing insulin on any level whatsoever it had come back to life and was producing the insulin that her body needed now you got two people in exactly the same medical situation getting completely different results completely different results If you're still here in Mark chapter 4, let me show you a verse of Scripture. Jesus continues to talk about this parable and explain different characteristics of it. Notice verse 26. Jesus said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. Notice that. He said, here's what the kingdom of God is like. Now, remember, the parable was all about the kingdom of God. It was about how the word of God will grow in, a, in a, a person's heart depending on the degree of attention they give to the word. Here he says, the kingdom of God is like a man planting seed in the ground. Well, the only way you can plant seed in the ground according to the parable is by speaking the word that's what plants the seed and speaking the word of God reminding yourself of what God's word says is watering the seed that's how you take care of the word of God in order to reap the benefits that it promises here it says so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground speak unto his own heart in other words the ground is your life it's your heart it's your spirit so when it talks about speaking the word of God into your own spirit, it talks about watering the word of God, It talks about giving care and attention to the word of God, it's really talking about meditating in the word. Remember Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, this book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Your prosperity and your success is dependent on the word of God that you speak into your own heart. And the more you speak into your own heart, Jesus said it this way in one place. He said, let these words sink down into your ears. Well, what's he talking about? He's not talking about physical ears. He's talking about spiritual ears. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. That's the process of putting the word of God into our hearts, becoming established in the truth of his word, Preparing ourselves to receive the fullness of what Jesus purchased for us through his blood. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should speak the word of God into his own heart. He sleeps and rises night and day. And it gets result. It brings forth fruit. He knoweth not how. That phrase, folks, has gotten me through a lot of tough situations. God doesn't expect you to have to know how the thing is going to work. Just that it will work. You don't have to know how the results are going to come, but you can be assured that the results will come because, uh, because God's word never fails. I look at this guy, every time he comes to church now, he's married and he has kids. And I remember back, oftentimes when I see him, I remember back to where things started, how he tried to jump out there and get instant results beyond where his faith was really able to accept or receive. And then he went through a period of time where the devil tried to take him away, steer him away from the word and steer him away from God. And he went with it for a little while, but not too long afterwards, he came back and started putting the word of God in practice in his life. What if that guy had not done what the Bible said to do? I dare say that he wouldn't have the wife and the family that he has today. He wouldn't be walking in the blessings that he is walking in now. And I wonder along that line, I wonder how many people get sidetracked by jumping out beyond their own faith. And many people never recover from that, folks. Many people never do come back to the place where they accept the Word of God as truth, even though they may not have known how to handle it or how to operate in it to begin with. This guy's life is a testimony to God every time I look at him, every time I see him. I see his family and I look at the good things and the the wonderful plan that God has for his life that he has for all of our lives if we'll just simply do what the Bible says if we'll just simply do what the Bible says he said telling me his testimony that sometime later long after things had changed and his life was going in a different direction on track again with the will of God he told me He said, I knew that there was one thing that I had to add to what I was doing, what I started doing. And he quoted Romans chapter 4. He said, Abraham called things that be not as though they were. He said, I was doing that. I understood that. But then it says later on in the fourth chapter, Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He said, every morning, he said, I'm not much of a singer. Don't have much of a voice. I'm not very musically inclined. I could relate to him very well on that. But he said, every morning I would just make my confession and then I added thanks. Just a a simple thank you, Father, that your word is true. Thank you that your word is working in me. He said, whenever I'd think about it during the day, I'd remind myself to thank God for the answer. He said, again, the devil would come to me and say, you don't really believe that, do you? And of course, what he was asking is, does it make you feel anything? Well, he didn't feel anything. But he accepted the word at face value and told the devil he was doing it because the word said to. And that was enough to defeat the devil in one of the most critical and serious situations that I guess that any of us could ever face. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I see a lot of that in these verses of Scripture. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground or speak into his own heart meditate into his in uh, meditate in the word of god to become established in the truth of his word he sleeps and rises day and night jesus must be indicating that not everything not every faith endeavor is going to be an instant result type thing well if jesus told us that it was going to happen over a period of time that fruit would develop and grow over a period of time why should we get discouraged when we don't get instant results So we're going to see situations, things that we're believing for, things that we're confessing for. We're going to see them take place over a period of time. We'll sleep, may not see any difference. Rise again the next day, may not see any difference. But one of these days, he doesn't even have to know how. One of these days, fruit will come up. One of these days, the things that he's been speaking will come to pass in his life the healing that he's been claiming will manifest in his flesh. God's word can't fail, folks. It absolutely cannot fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never, ever fail. So if we want to accept and receive the promises of God, it becomes the very simple endeavor of saying what God's word says. And that's the thing that the devil will fight you on more than any other thing. He wants to stop you from saying what the word says. He wants to get you distracted. It talks about some of the distractions in Mark chapter 4. The cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. And affliction and persecution. He tries to bring hard times. Hard places. Difficult circumstances. Evil feelings. Or feelings that are inconsistent with the word of God. And he wants to distract us all with these things. But if we know how he works. If we learn how he works. And learn that. That. Our job is to continue to confess the word no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, whether it looks like it's working or not. Keep speaking the word of God into our own life and into our own spirits, into our own bodies. God's word will prevail. It'll never, ever fail. I got to tell you, folks, even though because of the situation, not many people know about what the guy's come through, and he's not real excited to get into, up in public and tell everything about it. Not a lot of people know what happened to him. They just see the family, the wife and the family that he's got now, and it's easy to see that they're blessed. But he's one of the greatest encouragements to me of anything, anybody that I've ever seen because I know what happened. I know what he did. He went from being in a place where he stepped out to receive something that was beyond his own faith to developing faith to overcome one of the most critical situations that we can encounter. God's Word never fails, folks. And there's all kinds of good things going on all around us that we don't always hear about too. For that reason, at least for me, when I find something or recall something like that, those testimonies encourage me so much. Because most of the things that God has done with us and through our church have been without a lot of fanfare. Hadn't been a big hype on just about anything that He's ever done that he's done some miraculous things. Our low-key approach is not a hindrance to the Word of God working and bringing in results. My lack of personality will not stop the Word of God from working because God's Word works. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's just lift our hands and thank God for being so good to us. You know what you have to praise God and thank God for. I may not know, and other people around you may not know, but you know what he's done for you. Let's just take a minute and thank him for all of his goodness toward us. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for saving our souls. We thank you for the privilege to put the word of God to work in our hearts, to renew our minds to your word. To not be conformed to this world, Father, but instead be renewed in the spirit of our minds. What a privilege it is to know that we've got an infallible word of God that can never fail. And Father, just like you've delivered us before in the past, you'll see us through whatever we're standing in faith for now. We declare that we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We declare that we've been made rich Because the chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus. And we declare that because Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses with his stripes, we are healed. Father, it's good to be healed. It's good to walk in your word. We thank you so much for all that you've done for us. And we believe even greater things are ahead. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Say it with me. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. God bless you folks. Have a great week.